When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. What's up, everyone? Thanks for hanging out. It's First and Pod. You know the drill. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Subscribe, rate, review. Give us a five-star review. Tweet it at one of us. He's at the Pony Express. I'm at Danny Parkins. And uh, we'll hook it up and give you some love on social media or future podcasts if you do. We're going to talk. Please uh, subscribe. Please. You have two young kids. I have a daughter that's seven months old. Okay. This goes a long way in providing for these three little ones. And subscribing is the fastest way for them to, uh, I guess, get what they want from the two of us. So please. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, the the cost of college education is going up. And I don't know if people are aware, but the relevancy of uh, radio is going down. So podcasting is the future so we kind of need this thing to work so hook us up if you don't mind but pony before we get to the football i want to uh want to tell you about something that i'm doing we're recording this on thursday night i already know about it you better work on your jump shot you're playing basketball at the united center i'm so jealous that you get to do that what are the auspices of that is it a pickup game is it a celebrity game yeah okay yeah so it's it's friday night it's something called the, the 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 Bulls play the Bucks at and it's a nine o'clock local tip because it's the ESPN game. So we get to we get to go into the United Center at four p.m. and it was through. Uh, I didn't have anything really to do with the sponsorship, but I'm just going because I'm me and they were kind of in partnership with the company. And my nephew is a diehard Bucks fan, and so I kind of pulled some some strings to get us to the game and you get good seats with it. And he's a huge, I mean, like the biggest NBA fan and the biggest Bucks fan in the world. And so we get to play on the court before the game, but I don't know how many other people are going to be there. I just know that Chuck Swirsky, the Bulls radio voice and Bill Wennington are the coaches. I know there's warmups and then a full court basketball game. And I haven't played full court basketball since probably 2015. And I hope not you puke. I hope that they have to clean up the court before the real game that night on account of you. And someone slips later in the game and it's your fault. Like a Larry David moment. Dude, like I, RIP to Richard Lewis, by the way, he was in that episode uh, where they tripped Shaq. Uh, I'm not in good shape. I'm in golf shape. I am not, I'm not in basketball shape. I bought basketball shoes today. Like, because I didn't trust any of my shoes, like to hold up. I bought the new Devin Booker's. I bought the question. Denver, yeah. Wear them, return them. I'm thinking about it. Definitely. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I was looking at cheap ones and then I was like, I just don't like any of these. And then they're like, these just came in today. We haven't even put them on the shelf. I'm like, what are they? They're like, wear them, return them. They're Devin Booker's first signature shoe and they're tight. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll buy these. Uh, yeah, when I played my- in uh, Cam Hayward's celebrity uh, baseball game this past sem- summer. I had the latest Mike Trout cleats. 
And nice. they retail like 200 bucks and everyone was dapping me up for it. But little did they know the very next day they were going back to Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we're classy. <laughs> Dude, so I will put it at, I mean, I will be sore on Saturday. That's a minimum. My back, for people on the podcast don't know, I've had multiple spinal surgeries from scoliosis back in high school. Like I am not a good athlete. But what are the chances that I suffer a an injury that because there will be pain for a week? I know that that's a given. But what are the chances that I like pull a muscle, tear a tendon, a ligament, something that is a two plus week injury from this game? It depends how hard everybody goes, but I think Achilles and hamstrings are in play here. Yeah, and a ruptured uh, Achilles tendon. Or a, it would be devastating know, to my golf season. Yeah, I mean, it'd be devastating to life in general. You'd be laid up with a boot um, or one of those like machines where you have to, like, it almost looks like a tricycle where you have to uh, cart yourself around for a while because you can't put weight on it. So, yeah, that would be devastating. Yeah, Danny, in a situation like this, just don't try to be uh, Michael Jordan in this game. Right. You know, you don't need to prove to everybody that you're the best player on the court. It's not worth it. At That's not going to be in life. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my plan is to play three-point line to three-point line. Uh, do a lot of Olay defense. Like, yell, like go for steals, kind of. but like Try to hard. talk him into his zone. Yes. Talk him into yes. his zone. Yes. That's a great idea. Play a two-three. That's a great idea. Uh, so, yeah, I will report back next week on on my performance i'm just hoping to hit a shot or two set up my nephew with some dishes and uh and not be now in- does the guy that did the pregame introductions during the jordan era is he going to be on the pa mic for this uh, game and if you knocked out a shot is he going to be like danny parkins no three. unfortunately unfortunately not uh oh. but there's gonna there's gonna be some cool perks that that, that audio would be gold Yes, we actually we have him saying my name from the scores thirtieth. Uh, we we brought we brought them all back and did and did that when the score turned thirty. So I, I do have that audio, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'm le- like legit nervous about this. Legit nervous. So let's get into it. The Bears are the story of the off season. Yet again, your team is maybe directly involved, at least tangentially uh, involved with the number one pick and the Bears. They're drafting Caleb. That's happening. That people can speculate. They're going to evaluate the character. They'll do their due diligence on Drake May and Jaden Daniels. Um, but I am convinced they're drafting. they're drafting Caleb. The question is about fields and if there actually is a market here or if they are just talking and trying to conjure something up I had heard that people at the combine were talking about a hypothetical uh, or potential 51st pick plus a day three pick from the Steelers and then there's talk that the Falcons would need to beat that with the 43rd pick um, and maybe a pick swap because to move from nine to eight is which is Atlanta has eight and the Bears have nine is roughly the equivalent on those trade value charts of a mid fourth round pick and I think that that Ryan Poles would be very interested in swapping with the Falcons from nine to eight because 
Justin Fields said it himself on the Amon Ross St. Brown, Equinemia St. Brown podcast when asked about Atlanta, that they need another receiver. And in a ton of the mock drafts, the third receiver is going off the board uh, at eight to the Falcons. So I definitely think there's teams that make some sense, but the easier part of this equation is Caleb and the Bears after his on-the-record comments to Pete Thamel that he'd be very excited about coming to Chicago and that he wants to measure up to legends like Michael Jordan and Walter Payton and pandered about deep dish pizza. That part, I think, at this point is easy. The fields part's the thing that's complicated. So just to make sure that I hear you right, you don't think that some of the stuff we talked about a little less than a month ago with him being a D.C. kid and Cliff Kingsbury getting hired there, you think that that ultimately is not even going to come? They're not even going to make an offer. I do not. I do. I, I listen. I think that I think that Washington will try, and I do not think that Ryan Poles will be swayed. I think that, um, and listen. I think that there. One of the things of intrigue is like when Ryan Pace evaluated the 2017 draft. He only did full day in person workouts and meetings with Mahomes and Trubisky, and he didn't even do it with Deshaun Watson. And that drove me crazy. I remember talking to you about that, how mad you were about that whole situation. Because it was like, you had the third pick in the draft at the time. Yes, you traded up to two, but you got to scout all of those guys. I think that it's possible that it comes out that they don't even do the full full person in-day interview with Drake May and Jaden Daniels because on tape to Ryan Poles, it's so clear that there's a gap between Caleb and the other guys. So I I think that that part is, is basically over at this point. Do you disagree? I really don't. Uh, you would obviously be more in tune to the situation than I am. So I'm going to put a lot of stock in what you're hearing and what you're saying about it, because it's every day of your life. Now it's a 24 seven, yeah. three, you know, seven days a week obsession that you have to be dialed in on for your job. Um, You know, I heard today that there's a lot of skepticism around the league about Atlanta's desire to get fields. Yeah. In that there's a real sense that he doesn't fit what they're trying to build offensively. And Morris and Robinson don't really want that type of project as their quarterback for the offense that they want to run there. That's what I've heard. So if that's true, we know that the Raiders thing isn't happening. Um, You know, I'm fairly convinced right now that the Steelers would not trade the 51st pick for fields. It's, it's getting dark early for the, for the bears on the fields front and the Adam Schefter BS about the first round pick was complete nonsense that was fed to him probably by Ryan Poles yeah. off the record. We we can now, I think, say that with a high level of um, confidence there. I said to you, uh, maybe it was last week or two weeks ago on the podcast, that I think that Bears fans are going to be very underwhelmed with the return for Fields. And right now, I think it's moving in that direction. Danny, I think that at the moment, if they get if they get a second round pick as the centerpiece of that package, then I will feel like they made out well. And you were thinking about the 20th pick in the draft not too long ago. That ain't happening, brother. No, I listen, I I know it isn't. Um 
I am hearing conflicting things. And I think that's because Ryan Poles is doing the politicking. You and I have talked about it. I agree with you. I don't, I think that like Fields is good. Fields is a starting caliber quarterback. Fields would make 20 to 25% of the teams in the league better at quarterback immediately. And he's still cheap. So there should be a market for him. But then when you actually think about who the teams are, who the coaches are, what other options they have at quarterbacks, the places that they happen to have draft picks, i.e. New England, uh, Washington, etc., you start checking some teams off. Now, I will say, um, New England is interesting, even though I haven't heard any official connection there, because a lot of people think that they shouldn't draft a quarterback because they don't have any of the infrastructure in place to support a quarterback and it would just be a disastrous situation that they should draft Marvin Harrison Jr., that they should trade down for more picks and start building up the caliber of the roster around him. If you're going to do that, then maybe you do want a more a, an upside quarterback who can play Superman a little bit. So maybe that's there. Um, but I do think that Bears fans will be devastated if they don't get at least a second round pick for Justin Fields. But I don't think there's a lot of teams that make sense. So I I think that a lot of the the buzz has been Bears generated. Like I know that Ryan Poles talks to, I mean, he was photographed at a restaurant in Indianapolis tonight with Jay Glazer. I mean, so you know, he he does the politicking with the national media. He's not very secretive about it. So what do you think that Fields video was all about that went viral? Do we did we get to the bottom of that in Chicago? Oh. Okay, so the, the the claim is is that it's an old video that he reposted mocking how guys get ready for kickoffs. Like jumping on special teams and like getting hyped. And it was an what? old video. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a guy that. in the background said saying ready to go home. And he reposted it on Instagram the day before he apparently left on vacation because the only thing he's posted since then on IG on his story is him on a boat in like a swampland somewhere. So I don't know what it was. I thought it was legit on the Falcons front. Um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I know I'm supposed to be able to tell you where he's going. But I think right now there is a game of chicken happening between Ryan Poles and the rest of the league. But I do think he's going to be traded. I'd put it at better than 50-50 that he's traded by the time we do the pod next week. For whatever he can get, I think he is going to, for the, the legal tampering period, when that opens, do it ahead of the, the league year, March 13th. I do think that he will come out of the combine knowing whatever his best offer is and I don't think he's going to drag it out because there's no reason to think that his offers are going to get better. They're only going to get worse as teams start. Oh, I can get JJ McCarthy. Oh, I like Bo Nix. Oh, Kirk Cousins is not going back to Minneapolis. He's in play. You know, like his options are only going to get worse as more dominoes start to fall. So I, I think that we have resolution on this within a week. So I've not heard this team connected to him at all. I don't even know where they stack up in the odds, but I'm just going to throw this out there because once in a while, we get these stories where there's all kinds of, it's like the next big shoe to drop. 
we talk about it for weeks and then something that hasn't even been discussed or broached ends up being what happens. Let me just give you a Denver idea because even though you might want to argue Sean Payton had his best success with Drew Brees, one of the most accurate passers in NFL quarterback, and that's really one of Justin Fields' biggest issues. He's not, would you agree with that? He's just not an accurate passer of the football yet. That's like a real problem for him so far. He, yeah, he's inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. He's okay, in, so he's he, inconsistent. he can make pinpoint throws, but he's but then he'll miss the swing pass that's the snap and throw layup. Like he's he's inconsistent. Yeah. But Greg, but to me, Drew Brees was the Greg Maddox of NFL quarterbacks. He yeah. was going to put the ball exactly where he wanted over and over again. Yeah. But let's not forget that Sean Payton had an obsession with Taysom Hill to the point where he lavished him and gifted him one of the more ridiculous contracts in NFL history where they started paying him almost like a starting quarterback while he was still a hybrid special teams, tight end gadget player. He was, I think, uh, transfixed by the guy's athleticism and the possibilities there. So if he felt that way about Hill, why wouldn't he feel that way about Fields? Well, so I think he might, and it depends on how bad the market is. They don't have a second round pick and they don't have a lot of draft capital because of what they gave up to get Sean Payton. Right. I don't remember if it's five picks or six picks. And total. obviously what they gave up to get Russell Wilson too. So it's double right. bad. I, th- I think they might only have five picks in this draft. It's either five or six and they don't have a second rounder. So, you know, if it, if the price dropped to a third, could I see Denver getting involved? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I think if the price drops to a third, there's a lot of teams. Like, would Seattle want Geno Smith insurance? Would the Giants get involved? You know what I mean? I, I, as, the, as the price drops lower and lower, I think that there are more teams that would say, well, sure, like let's let's get it, let's get involved for a day three pick. But I think Ryan Poles is really trying to stare down the league, and it just takes one team to buy into the, the reporting and give up an asset plus something else. So I I I'd be a little surprised if if a true dark horse team like that came into play. We have a lot more from the draft and NFL storylines. Uh, including Jaden Daniels and Pony's Pittsburgh Steelers back after this first and pod. All right, welcome back in first and pod. As you know, subscribe, rate, and review. Caleb Williams, the Bears, Justin Fields, the biggest story of the combine. What are you making of, because it happens every year, what are you making of the latest buzz around Jaden Daniels. Today on ESPN, Dan Orlovsky said the Bears should just make the number one pick, Jaden Daniels. And I heard Charlie Weiss say at the Combine, the old Patriots offensive coordinator and failed Notre Dame coach, that his favorite quarterback in this draft is Daniels too. And there seems to be more and more of that happening uh, where I thought it was going to be Drake May. Instead, it's uh, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU. Um, I got to be honest with you. I think it's a really hard evaluation because look at the wide receivers they had there. And what ended up happening, I think, and I, I'm guilty of this, 
I ended up discounting and downgrading C.J. Stroud in last year's draft because I just thought they had such an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver that it was pitch and catch for him. And like we've seen from most Ohio State quarterbacks, they have such a talent edge or advantage over who they play that it makes the quarterback's job very easy. And those guys for years would go into the NFL and fail. So Stroud turned out to be the exception to the rule. But now I'm thinking about this, like, you know, Daniels really had one huge year. You know, I thought he was okay the year before, but that's kind of in line with what Joe Burrow did at at LSU. I wanted Uh, to talk about Burrow, yeah. We know that the rushing component is there with this guy too. He's a, he's a dual threat quarterback. Um, you know, I did not watch a ton of LSU games this year. So I, I saw the first game against Florida state. I saw their bowl game. I saw the Alabama game. I probably saw like four games or five games. I'm a Heisman voter. I did not vote him as my Heisman pick. I had him second, but, um, you're, it's interesting. You're starting to get people whose opinion I've, Trust for the most part on quarterbacks. Merrill Hodge said the same thing. He's gotten a lot of these quarterback things right. You know, he seems to be the one guy in the media who will bash guys at the top of the board. Will not just say, I would prefer this guy. He will rip the top prospects. And his his top quarterback in this draft is Jaden Daniels too. So I don't know if that makes you nervous, Danny. This is obviously such a huge pick for the Bears that there's this Listen, groundswell of Daniels support now. It doesn't make me nervous. I listen. I, there is groupthink that can go on here, and that maybe that's part of what's happening with Caleb Williams. But I also think that people get bored, and they didn't vote Michael Jordan for MVP every year, and LeBron doesn't win MVP every year, and Belichick doesn't win Coach of the Year every year. And around this time, when guys haven't played any more games, uh, we start to outthink ourselves and outsmart ourselves a little bit. Like Jaden Daniels is smaller in terms of weight than Caleb. He played with way better players than Caleb. He's older than Caleb. I just, I don't, I don't personally think that you can watch the guy's tape. You can watch the, the highlight reel and tell me that Jaden Daniels elevates LSU more than Caleb Williams elevated USC. There's no other top 60 pick on USC and Jaden Daniels is going to have two guys on offense who will go in the top 20, depending on where you think Thomas is going to go. The guy's a burner and Malik neighbors might go in the top five. Now to your point about Burrow, he had Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And he was still one, one and he deserved it. Still one of my worst bets of my life is betting that Clemson team against them in the title game. That LSU team was a bullet train. But so you can you can play with superstars and be a superstar or you can play with superstars and be elevated because of them. And I think that Jada Daniels is good and he's impressive, but I don't think he's Joe Burrow. And so I I don't know how you can watch a lot of what he seems to do which is hit Malik neighbors on a slant and he takes it to the house or hit Thomas who runs a four, three and runs past everyone and averages like 20 yards a catch. I don't know how you can watch that and think that that's purely a product of the quarterback compared to some of the, the 
Houdini acts that Caleb pulls out thrown to guys who won't who who are done playing football after this season. So he's I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he's not impressive. I don't think that there's an argument that he's a better prospect than Caleb Williams. I don't think there's an argument. Orlovsky here as the narrator on this point or the messenger on this point. You know, he's, I would think, watching the same things you are in terms of, you know, turn a 10-yard play into a 75-yard game. Dude, Malik Neighbors has some plays. Like, I don't know how much you've watched him. He has some plays that are Odell Beckham, Jamar well, Chase, take yeah, a slant and just outrun everybody. That's why I'm a little bit surprised that Orlovsky is one of the guys. Me too. That's now making this argument. The one thing I've seen from Williams and anecdotally seeing USC, I think that there, at least from what I saw, there's some truth to it, was that so much of what Williams did seemed to come off schedule. Yep. It seemed to be improvisational play. And so these evaluators like the Bears have to figure out why was that? Why is that? Why was it that way? I don't remember that always being a calling card of Oklahoma offenses when Lincoln Riley was there. You know, it's not like all of his Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks played that way. So why is it that Caleb Williams had to be yeah, that's where he had his greatest so success. So there, there's there's a lot of film that you can find of him making good plays from the pocket. The, the 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 narrative, the answer that they give is the offensive line was bad and the defense was truly atrocious. So he was he was big game hunting, basically. There there's not there's some there's definitely some, and he had a ton of fumbles. Um, so there's some bailout hero ball stuff. But a lot of the improvisational stuff is out of necessity and out of a straight-up fear of punting because his team couldn't handle it. Like, if they punted, they were giving up six. So the the thought is, is that he, he will be reined in in the NFL but have it as the curveball or the slider, and it won't be the main thing like it often was at, at USC. That's the argument. I still think it's really interesting that this guy who's looked at as a quarterback savant in college, Riley, and he's put guys into the pros. Not that, you know, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield have been great NFL quarterbacks, but it is interesting to me that he had Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams and originally thought Rattler was the better quarterback. Yeah. It started Rattler and then Williams took the job at Oklahoma and ended up transferring with Riley to LS with to USC. And Rattler's in this draft, and it's like the evaluations, not to go off on too big of a tangent, but it's interesting to hear people talk about him like he has maybe, they say, the best physical tools or traits of any quarterback in in the draft. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May included, but he's going to go in like the third or fourth round, and he's going to be like the sixth or seventh quarterback drafted. So you mentioned Drake May. I think that he's the second best quarterback in the draft. What do you think we would be talking about? And I know that this is unanswerable, but just, you know, you know how my brain works. What do you think we would be talking about if Drake May was at LSU and Jaden Daniels was at North Carolina? Because some of the throws that Drake May makes 
are like the ball leaves his hand like it's a rocket launcher. Yeah. You know? Yep. So if he was playing with two first round pick wide receivers in the SEC, I think we'd be talking about him. Like it's a real debate with Caleb. Like that guy. It kind of reminds me. It kind of reminds me of Tua versus Herbert. Right. And I think Herbert was hurt by the guys that he had around him at Oregon. He had good offensive linemen, didn't have great weapons. And I thought, I thought, I think got punished for it. And Tua had, you know, great players around him. And I think, I think you're right. I agree with that. I think that May had less to work with. Um, he, I think even more than the guy that won the Heisman Trophy, probably made more jaw-dropping plays than anybody in college football at the position last year, maybe even more than Williams. Um, I thought you were going to ask me, you know where I thought you were going with that? I thought you were going to say, if Caleb Williams isn't in this draft and it's Drake May versus Jaden Daniels, what would the Bears do with the pick? Would they still take a quarterback? Or in that situation, would they trade out of it and go with Fields for another year? So this will be unpopular in Chicago, but I think that they would take a quarterback. Yep. I think so, too. I Because also, just think about what we said. If we think that they're struggling to get a second-round pick for Fields, but you could trade the number one pick if it was Drake May or Jaden Daniels for something similar to what they got last year, for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, it's it's just a much more valuable asset, and Ryan Poles is going to want to take his guy at some point. So I just don't think that Fields did enough. It's not fair, but I think he ran out of time to prove that he was unquestionably the guy that Ryan Poles was going to hitch his wagon to to pass on any quarterback he wanted in two straight quarterback classes. But I... Obviously, so much of this is situation dependent, and that's why I think – and Ryan Poles made the point, and it didn't get any run that I saw nationally, but I've been making it on the pod and, and on the, the show for weeks and weeks and weeks. This isn't a number a normal number one overall pick. Like People keep talking – and I'm not talking about Caleb's talent. I'm talking about the circumstance. You're like, oh, well, he could bust, he could bust, he could bust. Do you know how unlikely it is? that Caleb Williams busts on the Bears. He's not going to a one or a two-win team. They've got a top five defense. They've got a number one wide receiver. They're, they've got a top 10 pick at right tackle last year who was good. They've got another top 10 pick this year. They've got top three salary cap position. They've got extra draft picks in this draft. They have extra draft picks in next year's draft. Like It is so unlikely that Caleb Williams straight up busts. Because we've never seen a number one pick go to this good of a situation before. We've never seen it. And I know that, like, like I was arguing with Cowherd about it when he was on the show. It's like, they've never had a 4,000-yard passer. It's where quarterbacks go to die. I'm like, okay, so you're talking about laundry and history. You know, like, it, unless you actually believe that the Bears uniform is cursed, this is inarguably a better situation than Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, any guy that you would talk about as a clear-cut 1-1 has walked into. It's not close. Like so he might not I think be the a- only I think the only one you could you can argue would be the Colts and I know how bad they were in 2011, 
But in two, but they had been a consistent team before that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And they just, the bottom dropped out because they had to play Curtis Painter and guys like that. Right. The year Peyton hurt his neck. Right. That's, that's the only one that's close, but this team is so much younger than that team was, you know, like the, these, they've got guys that are, I mean, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Darnell Wright, Montez Sweat, Jalen Johnson, Tremaine Edmonds. They're all in their mid twenties. They're all 25, 26, 27. They're, they're all in their primes. So, I just, I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team next year or anything like that, but there's no indication. There's no reason to believe he's going to bust coming into this situation. None whatsoever. All right, let's talk about your team, Phony. Okay. You buying what they're selling when they say they've got full faith in Kenny Pickett? No, because then two seconds later, they said that their number one uh, objective here or preference is to bring back Mason Rudolph. And so if you're going to bring back Mason Rudolph, you're choosing, you're picking to have the second quarterback be the guy who you elected to play over Pickett in a playoff game when both guys were healthy. If you have full faith in Kenny Pickett, what you do is you go and sign a backup quarterback who's more mentor than someone who has a chance to usurp his job. If you have full faith in Kenny Pickett, you don't go, you don't, um, you don't pray that a guy resigns with you who had wide receivers like Deontay Johnson saying after the year, I hope Mason Rudolph is our starting quarterback next year. Okay. That's not full faith is having uh, Jacoby Brissett or Ryan Tannehill back up Kenny Pickett not Rudolph. So it was their GM, Omar Khan, gave a 15-minute Q&A with local media today and left every option open. You know, he gave a quote that would make you think he was a Kenny Pickett believer. He gave a quote that would make you think he prefers Mason Rudolph to Pickett. And he gave a quote that would make you think that the Justin Fields trades is still on the table. So... I don't think, you know what it tells me, Danny? I think the organization is split on this. I don't think well, it's a unanimous. I don't think it's a unanimous thing. I think but it's. Didn't, a house- you, didn't you say that Tomlin's got more power than Khan? He does, but I think it's a house divided. Um, I think the owner it, uh, makes the ultimate say, and he wants Kenny Pickett to be their starter, and he probably wants Mason Rudolph to be their backup. I don't think the GM would necessarily. Uh, list his quarterbacks that way. And I don't think the coach would either, but ultimately they work for the owner. So I think right now they're saying things that the owner wants them to say. Uh, but it's it's a head scratcher because they're, they're known for being such a patient and stable organization. But we also have not had many scenarios or situations that mirror this where they got poor quarterback play in the previous season. And there were guys like Justin Fields or Russell Wilson at the league minimum available in an off season. So that's why I think the, the door is ajar slightly for fields or maybe even Wilson. But if I had to bet, if I had to guess, I would think that Pickett is their number one quarterback and Rudolph is their backup when they come to camp. And you know what, Danny, at that point, they might have the worst quarterback situation in the entire league. If it goes down that way. They'll be if, in the running for the that, worst situation in the entire NFL. 
if they do that, what do you think the chances are that Pickett backs up that faith that Omar Khan said he has? In other words, that we play a full 2024 NFL season and going into 2025, that faith will be rewarded and he will be their starting quarterback 17 games from now. Is that a five percenter? Or no, it it's pr- I think it's higher than that, but I don't think it's good. I don't think it's I don't think it's higher than I don't think it's higher than 50-50. You know, oh, it's be, definitely not it's definitely not higher than 50-50, buddy. Well, you'd be so if you bring in Rudolph, not that he's well liked in league circles, I don't think the guy's gonna have a huge market. I don't think there's gonna be many teams vying for his services to be anything more than a decently compensated paid backup. But Rudolph did enough to save their season last year off the bench when Trubisky sucked that when they get to camp, there's going to be players who want Rudolph. There's going to be fans that want Rudolph. And I think there's going to be some coaches and some front office people. And when you already have a split, you've seen this in Chicago. When you already have a situation like that, it does not take much for the starter to lose his job and for the other guy to get a shot at it. And so Kenny would be looking over his shoulder from game one. If he had a bad game, the clock would be running for Rudolph to come in and replace him. It's just not its just not a conducive environment for, for a quarterback to thrive and succeed. I think if they really are behind Pickett, which actions will speak louder than words, they won't bring Mason Rudolph back. They'll pick somebody else to be their number two quarterback. It's a really sad scenario that the presence of Mason Rudolph is a distraction or dividing force for the hometown number one first round pick. That is that is just right there a huge indictment. Of well, how big of an issue do you think it'll be in Chicago with DJ Moore and the stuff he said when they dump Fields and bring in Williams? He's just going to take it all back and say, eh. I was just back in my guy. I didn't actually believe any of that stuff. I'm ready to I rock think, and I think, roll. I think he's going to say that I believe in Justin. It's a business. And my guess is that we don't hear from DJ Moore until after he plays with Kenny Pickett or with Caleb Williams in whether it's down with Caleb's training in Florida or it's out in LA or it's at a mini camp or an OTA. And he'll come out and he'll be like, damn. Guy's good. You know, like, it's a business, man. DJ Moore played with Kyle Allen and Baker Mayfield and a hundred other guys. And he produced with all of them. And then he produced with Justin. And then he'll produce with Caleb. I There's very little doubt in my mind that Caleb Williams is a better thrower of the football than Justin Fields. So if DJ Moore can have 1,100-yard seasons with Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen and Baker Mayfield, and then a 1,300-yard season with Justin Fields, and Caleb's a better thrower than Justin, I think DJ is going to be just fine. By the way, this whole Steelers quarterback thing has depressed me so much. I've actually talked myself into the Russell Wilson thing. Good idea. Because of the salary that comes with it and the fact that you can do it for only a million dollars. And what then, do you think they're going to do with the 20th pick? What position would you like? If you had the power rank position likelihood, 
I'd say right tackle corner after after Broderick last year. Well, he's going to move to left tackle. But so tackle in back to back drafts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd say right tackle corner center. And then maybe either defensive line or inside linebacker. So you think you guys are in play for Powers Johnson in the first round? I do. I do. Okay. I do. Because they cut Mason Cole and they don't have another center on their roster right now. A guy that's been a starter at that position consistently. But the Russell Wilson thing, like, there's just so little risk involved. And I'm not going to have delusions of grandeur here and think that the guy's going to come to the Steelers and, you know, the light bulb's going to come on and he's going to be some great quarterback. But the dude did throw more touchdown passes than Lamar Jackson last year. Yeah. Which is insane. If you think about it. And And he got benched with more touchdown passes than the guy that won the MVP award. So... Is he still one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league? I would say so. And I'm not sure the Steelers have somebody on their roster that I would put in that power ranking right now. Yeah, I agree with that. they don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. Wish me well on not blowing out an Achilles. I Uh, want video. I want highlights of that. We got to post it. We've got, we're sending a video guy. Good. Dude, my back hurts right now talking about it. This is not going to be good. I'm the oldest 37-year-old you know. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Spencer Ray, First and Pod. Peace.